Yeah, yeah. Uh. Underrated, underrated, we the underdogs, underestimated. Yeah. Underrated, underrated, we the underdogs, underestimated. We the one. We the one. Yeah, out of the darkness, I rose up. Golden my soul, it's a gold rush. Yeah, yeah. Hit it, maestro! After the party, it's the after party! See, I tried to trick you, but it totally did not work. You are live and direct, sounding good. This is the Digital Gumbo Podcast after party number 18. The Digital Gumbo Podcast contains language that some may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Now, on the other line or... Coming to you live from uh, from Baltimore is my main man, Adrice Elbow. Bro, midweek, man. We back up in here, man. How you doing? What up, Nug? This your boy, Idris Elbow, with a little bit of ash on the elbow. And I'm doing good. It's been a rainy day in Baltimore, but it's been a good day. I can't even complain. And I'm, I'm definitely sitting in my house in the crib with a little bit of bourbon, as usual. That's what's up. That's what's up. Get that sip on, man. Get you you know, all relaxed and stuff. Now, I think uh, we've adapted a a new um, sort of description of the Digital Gumbo Podcast. The Digital Gumbo Podcast is a podcast that sits at the intersection of news, current events, politics, race, and culture. And that intersection is located right next to the liquor store. So you are on time with that (laughs) bourbon. Yes, that's the exact location. I like that note. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up, man. So um, just checking a couple of news items, man. So we talked about the glass shortage for the bourbon previously, man, right? I'm giving this to yeah. you as a PSA. I remember that. Yeah. I'm giving this new news to you as a PSA from the Digital Gumbo Podcast and your boy, Nookie Bishop Jr. They said it's going to be crying out here in these streets for Christmas oh because this? they cannot get these Christmas toys to these kids. Bro, so, you serious? So what they're saying is the goods is coming from China, but that, um, you know, they can't get That's them. That's where all the toys come enough. from, China? That, exactly. They can't get them here fast enough. They said it's backups in like Long Beach and Los Angeles where the ships with the shipping containers come and unload the, um, the shipping containers and it's going to be a problem. So all them catalogs, you know, the ones that come out on Thanksgiving saying, oh, we got wow. these toys and they got these toys. They saying like one out of every five toys that's in that catalog might not be ready. Now, it could be a trick because they say, you know, you know what might happen, though, no. Now I'm thinking about this. This might be the return of Black Friday. You know, Black Friday almost died out to Cyber Monday. Right. Like everybody would go out, rush the stores and just kind of get whatever's on the shelf. And as you know, the 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 interwebs took over. People stopped doing that so much because it was ordering and waiting for Cyber Monday. But if you get like this big shipping backup, I wonder if people are gonna go back old school to like elbowing people Man. <laughs> you know, in the ribs, in the store, to the stampedes. When the, when, the, when the stores open and people grabbing stuff off the shelf, you might see a return to that. With the they might, shortage. They might do it, man. It's like mask and no mask. I mean, hopefully more people will be masked up. But again, we talk about it's gonna be worse this. with masks, though. Imagine now, now people can't see your face. <laughs> people so just gonna might be, just walk out. Gonna with be the TV. In the, yeah, you're gonna be in the store. Uh, you can like you can throw some elbows, trip a couple of people up, and ain't nobody gonna be the wiser on who did it. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So we'll see what happens. Now they saying now if little Susie or Bobby really like a toy and you see it at the store or they got it available, you better put your order in early. You better get it because it ain't no guarantees that it'll be there, you know, when it come time for, for Christmas, man. So we're going to see how gonna this make, happens. This going to make this Christmas a really expensive for folks too because you know what's going to happen. Like somebody's going to figure out how to take advantage of that, um, that shortage in supply. And so they're going to buy the hot item, Right. And put it up on eBay and say, look, I can ship it to your house in three days. It ain't no shipping channel. I got it right here. You know, 
And because they ordered them all up, but you're going to be paying three, four times the price. I'm telling you, man, for you and uh, Mrs. Elbow, you know, uh, I'm crossing my fingers for you. Now, this is not going to affect me because I give a kid $25 for Christmas with like Merry Christmas and be done with it. Oh, I ain't no, no that, toy. That, that's a good excuse for me now. I, I just ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to be just a terrible father. I'll be like, look, I tried to get it, but it's, it's a shipping supply chain. So let me explain to you how global shipping supply chain works and you blame it on them, not my poor fathering. Listen, to the average preteen, $25 is a lot of money. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do, man. So we'll we'll see what's happening out here. I mean, look, man, we come, we talking about this in September. We ain't even got through Halloween, man. And um, they already got whatever little stuff they got at the Consumer Value Pharmacy store. You know what store I'm talking about. Yeah. They got that stuff up already. So they said, yep. this, that's it. Like Kenny Loggins. So we'll see what's up, man. <laughs> yeah, you see everything. When you go in there now, you see all the holidays out at the same time. Yeah. So they ain't playing around. They trying the to make their money. The leftover summer stuff. Then you got like uh, the all the pumpkin candles and stuff and the little things that you put on the door with the little leaf wreaths. Yep, you got Halloween, you got Thanksgiving stuff, you know, for the fall, like little pumpkins and the cornucopias and all that stuff. And then you got the you got the Christmas stuff. All mm-hmm. that there together. All them pine candles and stuff, man. Man, <laughs> do you give out uh, Halloween candy for the children on your block? Or, you know, I know it's different during the pandemic, but do you... Do you go, do the kids have like the trunk or treat or is this something? You know, they do we, we, was, we was big like Halloween, um, you know, Halloween folks. And uh, and shout out to producer E. Like, you know, we used to go over to his neighborhood for for a minute because they had they had the bomb neighborhood. You know, some neighborhoods is better with Halloween trick or treat than their other neighborhoods. And producer E had a neighborhood that was big in Halloween. So we would, we would go over there with the kids a lot. And uh, our neighborhood is pretty decent now with it, but like since the pandemic, they just everybody's put a stop to it. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know this year. Like we we probably ain't feeling it again this year because it's just you know it's it's still out there. You know we in we in the middle of this Delta variant. They say it's that we reached the peak of the surge. I'm not sure or not, but uh, I don't know if we're gonna do it again this year. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm gonna tell you a story. I have some friends that lived in San Diego, right? So um, on Halloween, they would see like these school buses would be coming in during Halloween trick-or-treat candy time, right? And like all these kids would be getting off these buses to come and trick-or-treat in their neighborhood. They go from street to street, block to block. Wait, they would bring buses of kids? They would bus kids in for Halloween trick-or-treating? Buses of kids, yeah. man, to get the That's candy. That's a good neighborhood the- right there to go, go trick-or-treating. Full bags, right? So this had happened for like a couple years. So my my friend got curious. So they would park, you know, to start, they drop the kids off, then they drive to like the end of the subdivision or the area wherever it was. And all these kids would get back on the bus, right? So my friend got curious. They lived in San Diego now. They followed the buses. Do you know where the buses went back to? Where they go now? Mexico. What? They, they took the, the bus from Mexico to yes. go trick-or-treat yes. in the neighborhood. Yes, they followed that's them right to the entry point where you go <laughs> over the border from Mexico, and that's exactly where them damn buses was oh going. Well, oh, my Lord. Woo. That's some international trick-or-treating. Yeah, now, that's amazing. Now, um, I've been to, uh, how do we say this, uh, the Gentleman's Club in Canada on a Halloween, but that's a different kind of trick and treat. But I've never... That's a story I want to hear at another yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be another time. It, it's interesting. But yes, um, I never heard of international trick or treat, man. So they went, they took the candy back over the border and, and it was it. And that was that, man. Hey, do you know like what happened? It was probably some coyotes as, as part of that had put that together. Like, look, we got this bus full of kids. I'm gonna dress you up like a mummy. We're gonna wrap you up. <laughs> when we get across the other side, you just keep walking. <laughs> Ain't gonna know nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. Now here, man, you know, during the pandemic, we haven't been, you know, um, giving out no candy to kids. And really, I don't think I have given any candy out to the children since maybe the first Clinton administration. I'm just not. For what? 
So I just turned the lights out. They already know. <laughs> that sounds is. like since you should have said since the Reagan administration get about jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> they not getting jelly bean. They not getting nothing. No Clark bars, Mary Jane's nothing. I just turn out the lights, man. And eventually, once two or three of these people come and ring the bell or knock and know that the light. First of all, you shouldn't be sending your kids out. Second of all, you sure as hell shouldn't be sending your kids to a dark ass house with all the crazy people that's in the world. So, you know, but no, they know they ain't going to get no uh, candy at uh, Chateau de la Nook. So nah, sorry, the, kids, kids. the kids are pretty good. They're pretty efficient. So if a light is out in the house, they usually don't mess with it because they're trying to get the most candy they can. It's like, I ain't going to waste my time knocking on that door. I'm going I'm to keep it moving. So that's a good strategy. But let me tell you about this story. Like I was, um, and I told you, we used to take our kids over to Producer E's neighborhood. So, you know, we'll be there, you know, me and Producer E and our wives, you know, be there, and, you know, the kids. And uh, they'll send me and Producer E out to go, like, trick-or-treating with the kids while they, I guess, stay back and have their wine and give out candy, whatever, whatever <laughs> they do back at the house. So uh, me and Producer E took my daughter out, and she might have been, like, three, four at the time, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, when you that age, sometimes you mix up your letters when you speak it. And yeah. she would mix up her like W's and B's. And this uh, and this Halloween, she was dressed like a little witch. She was a cute little witch, right? <laughs> and, and she went up and the people asked, asked her what she was. And she wanted to say a bad witch. But the, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> she mixed up the B and she wound up saying, I'm a bad mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> And they like laughed, they laughed. And so we had a good time. But the other thing, when I would go out with producer E and my daughter, like people would think me and producer E was a couple with our daughter. <laughs> we That's like, a shame, right, bro. We, just, you know, we, we a couple. All right. That's fine. That's <laughs> like, look at that nice couple walking down the street. So <sighs> unbelievable, man. Now, you know, we used to go to baseball games, hockey games. You know, we went all over, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, Man, people just got, they just let their mind wander too free, man. You know, it's like, eh, who cares? You know, you got, you got a like, one and why, adult. Why are you worry about the relationship? Exactly. <laughs> candy exactly. just be two people here. <laughs> Give up that candy and keep it moving. We got places to be. <laughs> now, the other thing they saying, bro, is that, you know, um, during the pandemic that a lot of people is um, turning to the dollar store, man. Now, I cannot tell you the last time I've been in the dollar store. But I know you got kids. Now, kids yeah, love the dollar yeah. store, we, right? Like, we, remember we I live said, in the dollar store. Man. We remember, live in the dollar store, literally. Man, I told you, remember I, you get them kids $25, like, for Christmas? Boy, they think that they screwed you in duck or something. Yeah. $25, yeah. you rich as a kid, especially in the dollar store. You 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 balling. You like, I can get anything I want in this joint. Right. You're like, you know what, can and I get this? Have money left over. Exactly. Like, can I get this? Yep, you sure can. Yep, dollar, dollar. Boom. Then you got to teach them about tax, but that's, you know, another yeah, story for another day. They hate that tax. But yeah, man, they say people is um, doing their thing with the uh, the dollar store, man. So they said the, uh, the dollar stores is really the only thing that's out here surviving while they closing all these other um while they closing all these other stores and franchises, they said the dollar store, they building new dollar stores and taking yeah. over old stores to make new dollar stores. Yeah. And look, you know, the, the, the couple of things I heard about the dollar stores, too, that is when you think about it, it's like mind blowing. Is one dollar stores also sell groceries. Right. And also sells food, frozen food, other food, bread, in some cases, other stuff that's there. So more and more people are getting their food from the dollar store, right? Because, you know, during the pandemic and, and all the stuff related with food access, so the dollar stores have become a place where, where, where people who don't have a lot of money, right, looking to save can get groceries from there, yeah. right? And we yeah. brought groceries from, from the dollar store before. And then yeah. the other thing about the dollar store, Nook, is that they figured out a model where they can survive in the hood. So they can yeah. be anywhere in the hood, right? So you have grocery stores who they can't figure out a model where they can be profitable in certain neighborhoods and ain't got a certain income or people spending a certain amount per visit. But the dollar stores have figured that out. Like we could be profitable selling stuff for a dollar so we can be anywhere. So they're, they're just lots of locations and they're convenient 
for folks who ain't got a lot of money. So they're killing the game right now. Dollar, dollar. Listen, dollar. Um, you know, when they used to have the potlucks at the at the jobs or, um, you know, when your kid need like the sodas for the class or the snacks for the class. Man, I done seen many a parent coming out with yep. bags and bags <laughs> like of sodas. Of, and like, yeah, when you got to do the parties and you got to yeah. pay for the kid, you got to buy food for, for all these other kids. Because your kid got a birthday, you ain't going to spend $100 on no, like, party supplies and paper plates and stuff they're going to throw away. Look, $10 at the dollar store, you got a birthday party. There it is. Boom. There it is. And and look, you know, you got we got to save and cut corners wherever we can, especially for these uh, kids. But, you know, yeah, man, dollar pop, dollar soda, and dollar little snacks, whatever, for the kids. Them dollar little Debbies, boom. And you cut eight of them in a box. Yep, Exactly. You making it happen, making it happen. Okay, um, in Japan they got this roller coaster, right? It's called um, the Super Death Speed Roller Coaster, right? Here's the deal. Why do you call it that, though, Nook? That that sound dangerous, right there. Exactly. So these are these super coaster enthusiasts. Now this roller coaster can go speeds of up to 112 miles per hour. What? Wait, wait, wait. A roller coaster. You talking about in Japan. With, it, it got open cars? Like the, it's, it's, it's not a closed thing like a train. It's like open like a regular roller coaster. It's open like a regular roller coaster. Going 100 coaster. miles an hour. Going 112, up to 112 miles per hour. It's got like this crazy death loop and everything, but people been getting on it. Well, they had to stop that. Yeah, Two, you can't take no loop at no 100 miles. You know the G-Force is like, it's, that. So what happened was two people got hurt. One person was 30 years old. The other one was 50. They said that they, the force of the, like, it's like a reverse horseshoe, right? Like the horseshoe is at the top. They go get to the top of the horseshoe and then go down. They said that people, uh, one person had broke a bone in their neck and another person broke a bone in their back because of the G forces, like you said, on this roller coaster, man. Why do people... Why would you say something is the super death roller coaster? Like it, it, they advertised it as the super death roller coaster. So if you broke a bone, why are you trying to sue them? It, yeah. it is now what they, it is. They should have had like people sign liability waivers. Like, look, you get on this ride, but it, you could really die. And exactly. we don't want to be held liable. Exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, they said the Fuji's is getting back together, man. I don't know yeah. if it's the first time, second time, third time, but Miss Lauren Hill, uh, Y Clef Jean, and Praz Michelle, they're getting back and um, they're gonna do some 25th year anniversary concerts for the album to score. Now, be real, this is it, it, really a Fuji reunion is about Lauren Hill. That's yeah. that's it, that's just the missing ingredient. Right, like that's the missing ingredient. So, like, long as long as she come through and she hold it down, it's gonna be flawless. But it's all gonna depend on her and what she bring to it and what she feel like doing. Now, my question is: she is notoriously late for her concerts. Sometimes being up to three hours late. You know, artists are on a different clock and a different timetable. Will. I'll put this over one and a half hours or under one and a half hours over under the average. It, it, it depends. Like I think I, you know, she's, she's a mom, but her kids should be grown now if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So, so that might make it a little bit better for her to be able to get there. Cause when you're raising kids, it's hard to be like getting out, you know, meeting these time frames and stuff like that. Like, you know, people is on your time. So I understand that. So I ain't gonna fault over that. But now that her kids is kind of grown, and if this is something she want to do, then I don't know. I think I think she'll. I'm a I'm a I'm a count on her to get it together because I want her to get it together. Because if okay. she got it together, then it's gonna be amazing, and I, I can't wait to see it. So I'm I'm, I'm holding out hope. Okay, I hope. I don't know if it's gonna be just them. I don't know if there's gonna be an opening act. I mean, I understand what you're saying about having children. I think her kids are grown, but. You know, they do put the schedule out for the concerts, like, you know, in advance, all the dates up front and all the times when the shows is supposed to start. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that go and we'll take things from there. Um, from the interwebs this week, man, you know, um, th- these people are just losing their damn minds. Maybe it's something that they just trying to, you know, pull my chain or whatever. Um, this user, it was um, at rap 
TVcom at rap TVcom on Twitter. They asked the question, is Drake in 2021 bigger than Michael Jackson at his peak? Boy, these people lost their damn minds. Well, yeah, like, yeah. Now, okay, I can, I can kind of see what they might be hinting at. Yeah. I don't see the whole thing, right? Like, I think now Drake, with his albums dropping at the number one spot, I think might have surpassed the number of times that Michael Jackson has done it, right? Yeah. So I, I get that, but just... So, so I understand that, but just on the sheer like showmanship of Michael Jackson and how pe- people had never seen that before, and 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 pop stars was like something that was just new in that way. I don't think you can compare him to Michael Jackson ever in that way. But I understand no. what you're saying about the number of times his stuff is dropped as number one. So yeah, I can kind of yeah. I can see that. Now, see. Um, people was like, you know, the disrespect. How dare you disrespect Michael Jackson? I can see what they say, man. First of all, Michael Jackson, uh, James Brown, one and one A, the greatest entertainers that ever lived. We can throw Prince yep. in there as well, yep. but Michael Jackson and Drake is no comparison, right? So, first of all, Michael's in a group with his brothers, then boom, he bust out solo. And Michael Jackson was selling albums and still selling albums to this day. Um, when he was five, what when was he that? was five, when he was five, he was killing it. I still listen to songs Michael Jackson made when he was five years old and be dancing to it. Man, That's amazing. That, that Jackson's Christmas album is a forever classic, still selling. And Michael Jackson and the Jacksons were selling records when records was on record. You feel me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you you didn't have no interwebs. That's right. That helps you. Wasn't no iTunes, wasn't all of this. You couldn't, you know what I'm saying? You had to go to the record. You want that record? You got to go to the record store to get that record, okay? Yeah, you had you had to get up and physically go get it. <laughs> exactly. You know, another thing is, um, you know, so uh, Michael Jackson's been dead for a number of years, right? Like, you know, 40 years after Drake passes, will he have a legacy? Will people still be buying his albums? Will they be playing, you know, Drake records on Halloween, like Thriller and shit like that? I don't know. Wow. He's a great artist, but this yeah, is about right. legacy. Thriller is one of the number one selling albums of all time. Okay, and, and, would, and would you play his music for your like your five year old, your your ten year old? Like you can play Michael Jackson for any age range, anything you pick. You got it. He got it covered. Exactly. Everybody exactly. for your for your grandma, for your baby, for every. You can play that. I wonder if you can say that with Drake. That's five decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the aughts, and the teens, man. Man, that's a lot of records. Wow. Here's the other thing. Eminem dissed Michael Jackson on a record. I don't know if this is true or not. They said Michael Jackson bought Eminem's whole catalog so that when Eminem performed any of his songs, Michael Jackson got paid. That's a flex. That's what? a flex. That's gangster flex right there. It's like, all right, all right, you want to diss me? And you have, you going to pay me every time <laughs> it's going in my pocket. That's exactly. a flex. I don't know. That might be urban myth, but that's a gangster urban myth. And the fact that you can, you, you, you would like, I can believe that because at the, at the height of Michael Jackson, like, yeah. yeah, he could probably do that. So that's, that's pretty amazing. I'm willing to guess to say that Michael Jackson, I know he's got a head start, but I'm willing to say that his estate is going to be bigger than Drake's, but we'll see how it is. Rate of inflation, the whole nine yards. We'll see what happens. Well, I don't, I don't know because like to, today, right? Like, like rappers are saying like, we really businessmen. And at the moment we might be into selling records, but really in the long term, we just businessmen. Right. And they're thinking about that. You know, you think about, you know, um, Kanye, which is like he reached a billion, right? Just because yeah. he, he thinks in that way, right? It's like I'm not just an artist that just sells music, right? I'm a I'm an entrepreneur, and I can I can take what I've done in music and use that and expand it. And I don't think Michael was thinking that way, or artists hadn't been thinking in that way. So you know, as far as it's state wise, it wouldn't surprise me if Drake. You know, at at some point, outreached the the Jackson estate just on on that principle alone of like he's looking for the grind. Yeah, you know? yeah. Here's my thing though: 
Michael Jackson bought the Beatles whole catalog. So he gonna get, I mean, he's passed oh, away. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Drake estate, ain't gonna never catch me. Yeah, his estate gonna get paid for the turkey. Yeah, if you got the Beatles catalog, yeah, it ain't nothing you can do to that, bro. Because they, they ain't making that again. They, they, they ain't creating that. And yeah, the world just, you know, yeah, that's that's gonna be, be tough to kind of compete with that. Yeah, yeah. I think one, two record sales by a group all time. Beatles number one, Rolling Stones number two. And bro, the Rolling Stones is still together. Well, they just um somebody in the group just uh passed away. I think it was the drummer. But um man, they was together for like 50 years, man. They was, I think they was just about to tour again. So yeah, I'm not and sure. it was performing. That's what I was gonna say. That was performing too, which is crazy to think about that. But when you make good music and people love your music. Right. It just kind of lasts through the years and you can just you're going to, you know, that's what you do. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, the other thing that came up on the uh, interwebs about this best Michael Jackson song of all time. But you can't say Thriller or Billie Jean. See, you took Billie Jean out of my mouth. So, um, oh, man, it's so many to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. So many to pick from. I could just name one that I like, but I'm trying to really think about this. Yeah. Man, you know what my favorite is? What's that? Man, Smooth Criminal, baby. Dude, I was I was thinking about that one because just that video and just like the hook on it. And yeah. when he like is this the one when he leaned with the hat? Yep. Yeah, that was cool. You've been hit by, you've been yep. struck by a smooth criminal. That was yeah. what's up. And then um the Annie, are you okay on the hook? That actually hey, some... I, I, I thought for the longest is like Annie Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Oakley. <laughs> uh Annie, are you okay? So I think Annie was the name of like the um the CPR dial that um, the you know companies go around the country to teach employees and teach what? people about uh, CPR. So the da- the dial's name was okay or it was Annie, and then he just made it Annie. Are you okay? And it just stuck, man. And wow. that's a badass record. Did you write the videos dope. Yeah. The other thing about that video, Michael Jackson had a number of patents. Right. One of the patents was that he would have a hook that would hook into a stage or to a floor and he had specialized shoes. And that's how he could lean so far forward or lean so far back in the videos. What? Dude, now, okay, this is this is what I was saying about, you know, Drake and Kanye, right? Like they, they always thinking about entrepreneurship, right? If they had that mindset, like Michael Jackson, he was thinking about that, right? But he hadn't kind of, you know, if he had taken it to the next level, because remember when he had the um, jacket with the zippers on it? Yeah. And, and that, that jacket was was hot. Everybody was trying to get it. Everybody was trying to get the glove. You know, them penny loafers with the with the socks. Yep. Right? Yep. And, um, and, you know, they marketed a little bit, but not like they do stuff today. If yeah. they, like, had marketed Michael Jackson in that way, like, put a machine and the internet behind him and selling products and goods, everybody would have had on a a zipper jacket exactly in the world they would have sold they would have sold 10 billion of those man look when we grew up we had um these two little fashion stores that would sell like this fake gold jewelry and then they would get in like from new york they would get like the uh bootleg michael jackson um jacket so you know um i know this one dude i went to school with he had one they had the red one, and then they had a black and white one too, man. And the kids would go around. It wasn't even Halloween, man. They just would just rock them jackets, yeah, bro. Rock the jacket. Like our school was in elementary school. Our school did a fundraiser where they found some knockoff jacket. Like you said, they probably got it for like twenty dollars. It probably wasn't even that much. And then they did a raffle at the school, and everybody brought their dollar to try to get to that jacket. And they must have made thousands of dollars (laughs) off that. And I remember there was this one kid. His name was Larry. Larry. (laughs) $100 in tickets. This is no lie. This is no lie. It was $100 in tickets. And he did not win that jacket. Damn, Larry. Yeah, and the school felt so bad 
that they had to go out and buy another jacket and give it to Larry. Wow. Because <laughs> they had hustled the kids so much. So they had to buy, they, they brought a second jacket and just gave it to Larry. So let, that's, let, that's, that's how big Michael Jackson was. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Okay. Now they bought this jacket and it did not cost, you said about 20, maybe $25. Yeah, and also, they paid thousands of dollars on the fundraiser. I have to call into question the ethics of the people in the school system when you grew up, right? So listeners, if you don't know about this, I'm going to have him tell the story again, because it's funny as hell. And I tell people the story. Tell people you grew up in South Carolina. It was a cotton plant. Y'all had the field trip to the cotton plant. Please take the story from there. Yes. So, so okay. So, all right. So in South Carolina, it's just full of cotton fields, right? Yeah. Like it's South Carolina, is a, they grew cotton. They grew a lot of agricultural kind of products. So um, it was, you know, cotton fields everywhere. But, um, you know, back in the day, they used to do field trips where I don't know if it was a part of like um, social studies or part of um, whatever it was part of. But somebody came with the idea to go out to the cotton field. And then and then to have the kids pick cotton, right? Like it's cute. Like, oh, go pick the cotton, do whatever. And man, it was like, it was, it was, oh my lord, I can't even tell you the controversy. Cause it, and, and but the crazy part though, Nook, is that I periodically hear stories today about that happening. Mm, mm, mm. Right? Like some teachers say, oh, we're going out to, to pick some kind of you know agricultural product. That's and just totally mixed, missed the whole context of that, of not only black people, but now like, you know, um, immigrants and, and migrants That's and, crazy. Know, as, as well. So it's, 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 it's mind boggling. OK, let me let me tell them the funniest part of that story. All right, go ahead. OK, Dries and the classmates went to the cotton processing or cotton picking plant farm. They gave each one of the students a bag. When they got off the bus, they said, boom, this is the farm. Pick as much cotton as you want. The kids went through, and they was little kids. They was elementary school. They didn't know no, nothing better. They took the cotton, picked it, put it in the bags, filled up the bags, and they was promised that they could take the cotton home with them. And, of course, when they got back to the bus, the overseer or the farm or whatever was like, oh, no, you can't take that cotton with you, and took them cotton satchels from them kids and essentially got free ass labor. Because <laughs> you, you can't be walking out with agricultural products <laughs> mm, mm, mm. on a scale of one you can't to a hundred. Away from free? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. On a scale you of you ain't pay nothing to get into that. <laughs> no admissions. <laughs> on a scale um, of one to a hundred, how hot would you when you had to get that cotton back? Listen, listen. That <laughs> you know that <laughs> kid. Kids, I, I'm just glad as kids you don't realize all the messed up stuff adults make you do in life. Because if you did, you would you would truly riot. Mm, 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 that's terrible. That's terrible. Okay, we talked about Michael Jackson's jacket, right? So apparently this is a thing going on. I saw this uniform. I thought that they had gotten rid of this. They are going forward with the United States United States. Space Force. Essentially, this is going to be like yeah, some Star it's Wars real. shit. It's yeah. real, like and 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 Trump. You know, because I was laughing when Trump like proposed this and kind of talked about it. But it is it is part of the United States Air Force. It is is a it's a I think it's a is a branch, but it kind of falls under there the Air Force. So man, I saw this. This shit looked like some Star Trek shit. Hey, people called him out on that too. People's like, hey. Why does thing look like the Star Trek um, symbol, the, looked, you know, the insignia? It looked and, just uh, and like people it. was kind of hot about that too. It's like, how are you just gonna rip off Star Trek? Man, if I was Gene Roddenberry, he's the creator of um, Star Trek and one of the first people in Hollywood to put people of color in space. Um, I'll be mad as hell. So the uniform is blue with some asymmetrical buttons and it has gray pants and essentially blue, gray, and white are the colors of the Space Force. It actually looks like some old school Georgetown Hoya outfits, believe it or not. Dude, that sounds like something from like the the, <laughs> the doggone um, 
uh, Revolutionary War. Like what is like what is a civil I, war? Like yeah, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know what this is, man. But they going through with the space horse now. I mean, they got NASA, right? So do NASA and the Space Force work together? This also, like, um, it's not a compliment to call somebody a space cadet, but you might actually be a space cadet yeah. in the Space yeah. Force. So yeah. that might, so I don't well, know. Well, you know, I, I know there was, um, there's a show I, I, on one of the streaming platforms. I, I can't remember which one now, but it's with Steve Carell, you know, the guy from The Office. Yeah. That he... Like he and it's um what's the other um guy's name? Oh, I can't think of his name now. The dude um, with the glasses. Uh no, no, no. This is uh um John Makovich. Okay. John okay. Makovich and Steve Carell. And they do a show about Space Force, right? Yeah. It's like here's Space Force, and Steve Carell was like a kind of one-star general or two-star general that was assigned to lead the Space Force. And it's it's hilarious. Like this show, where it just kind of goes through the absurdity of like what Space Force is and kind of how it operates. But um, you know, I, and I, I'm starting to wonder, like, it, is this art reflecting like reality <laughs> in real life? Oh God, this is ridiculous, man. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Is they supposed to have like a ship that's supposed to be able to shoot shit out of the sky, or do they have like a big net? That could like hold oh, no, an even, asteroid. You know, even like uh, Ronald Reagan had like um, was it Star Wars? The lasers, Star Wars. In the, yeah, the yeah. lasers in the you know satellites and stuff. But you know, I, I guess it is. We got to start thinking about it, right? Because um, you know, you got Elon Musk and you got um, Richard Branson. All them boys is building shuttles and trying to get to space and be the first one and trying to trying to do all this. And I guess you got to start thinking about that now, right? Because like people are actually trying to go into space and starting to achieve some level of it. So as you, you think about the, 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 the next like place where countries are going to try to exert their power, right? Like they're doing it now, you know, on land, on, on sea, in the air, now in space. So I yeah. guess you have to start thinking about that now because we have the capacity to do more of it. That's some crazy stuff, man. That's some crazy stuff. So we'll see how this works out. It's like, where's the academy going to be at? What do you train people at? It's not no hand-to-hand combat. So is you just like good at video games and you just shoot little asteroids out with a drone? How does this work? I don't understand this, bro. Yeah, and, and a lot of it too, I think it's going to be going back to like just old school stuff, right? Because it's like, Really, like you got you got to be tech savvy and kind of know how to get out of space and survive in space. But still, it's a game of like survival, survival, and then trying to like plant roots or 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 put down some type of you know thing that says I'm here and and this is my area. So some of it is just like old school imperialism. So I don't know if we're gonna see a return to that too. Right. It's just like, how do you go out and establish colonies and 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 it's, and and take over space and say, like, I discovered this. I'm the first person here and first thing here. This is mine. And, you know, we've got a, a, a history of doing that. You know, well, we don't. But certain well, yeah, we don't. Do. Certain people do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be accurate on that. You listen wait, to where cheap Eddie when you need. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You listening to the Digital Gumbo Podcast after party number eighteen. The Digital Gumbo Podcast contains language that some might find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. T. Petty is away this week. She will return for the next episode. You know what? How they do that on the uh, news? They're like, hello, I'm Jim so-and-so. Ellen is off tonight. Like, who gives a shit? Like, if they go to the next story and we don't see Ellen, she's off tonight. Or Bob is on assignment. Who gives a shit? Like, unless they owe you money and you're looking for them, then you know not to come up to the station trying to get your money. Yeah. Um, well, T. Patty might be off in space. She's like at some tech something, so she's doing okay. something at some tech something. So she she, she could be going in the outer space. So who she knows? Might, she might be flying them drones, man, shooting down them asteroids. We'll see what's up. Okay. So you have children, and you know that children learn through repetition, and they like to teach the children songs. 
As you know, I am your child's favorite unlicensed online teacher. Yes, you are. <laughs> and I have put together a song about oh, the news. Boy. Okay, so, all right. To teach the children. So um, during the pandemic, my godson, right? Like, uh, for example, Lester Holt. He's a great role model, right? He's oh, yeah, I TV. love Lester Holt. Yeah. Yeah, he's on TV. He's Jamaican. He's, he's you know, like presents the news. Like he's authoritative, right? He has an authoritative voice. Like if Lester Holt said it, I believe it, right? Okay. Yeah. But then, like after about June or July, when they was leaving with that damn coronavirus story every night, my guy was like, man, I'm sick of Lester Holt. I don't want to watch the news no more. Like him <laughs> he's and Lester Holt. bad news. Yeah, he's like, man, I'm tired of Lester Holt. Like every night, five days a week, leave with that coronavirus stuff, right? But, you know, the time has changed a little bit. I try and shield the kids from the news because they don't need to know all that. They just go out and play or do their homework or whatever when I'm babysitting or watching them. But I put together this song about the news in any city that you live in. In America, this is how your nightly news goes, and it goes a little something like this. You All ready? Right, bring it on, me. I'm ready. <clears throat> nigga got shot, nigga got stabbed. Nigga got shot, nigga got stabbed. Fire, fire, coronavirus, Afghanistan, Pakistan, no. and China. What? Weather and sports are next. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Any city you in, that's gonna be the lead, the A block on the news. Uh, uh, T Patty's gonna kill us. She ain't gonna never let us do a show no more like this. No, they might kick us off the internet, man. <laughs> they might kick us off the internet. But yeah, that's what it is, man. You have oh shooting, my God. stabbing, then another shooting and stabbing. They get the live shots out of the way. Then um, they talk about fires if there's a fire in the area, right? And of course, you know, they're going to talk about coronavirus. That's yeah, another then, Well, story. it's hot as hell. <laughs> now, it, now it's flooding everywhere. Everything it, is sinking into the sea. Exactly, exactly. Then they got the Afghanistan story, another international story. Um, and then the third uh, international story. Then, um, you know, they're going to talk about, um, you know, news and, or weather and sports. And that's it, man. So that's basically it. Like, I'm a news director. <laughs> And um, I just don't have a station or reporters or, you know, a TV station yet to put the news together. But that's essentially what they're talking about. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. In a <laughs> in nutshell. A, I, well, I see why you don't let the kids watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're a small I'll child. Be reductive. Man, if you're a small child, right, like you would think that like the world is coming to an end, right? It's like, boom, like the violence for whatever happens, right? Like, uh. This guy, he was an expert on, and he talked about the confluence of the courts being closed, prisoners being released, um, and that um, there's a proliferation of gun sales that went up prior to the um, pandemic and during the pandemic. So it's all these guns on the streets, people getting shot, robbing to eat, stabbing people, you know, like um, the virus, you closer together in uh, an area and, you know, like... <laughs> So if you stab somebody, you pretty much know who stabbed you, right? Like stabbing yeah, is like it's a face up close to face. and personal. It's up close. It's one of the most up close and personal crimes you can have. Be like, I stabbed you, so and so. Like, uh, jugga jugga. Like, like I did that. It's not like you can stab somebody with a drone. You right there and they fa- or or a backstabber. But pretty yeah. much you know who stabbed you. <laughs> yeah, this is a backstab. <laughs> So these kids probably, you know, the violence and then the fires, the kids probably think the whole world is on but fire. Yeah, but you but you you do have to watch though, like what like what they consume, because I had a friend whose um, you know, daughter was probably, I think, you know, maybe like 10, 11 at the time, yeah. where they were like watching like um, you know, like Nova or something like that, PBS, like whatever channel, you know, whatever, which is educational. Yeah. But it was about um um how asteroids can destroy the earth. Oh god. And so for a good like couple of weeks, they was worried about like an asteroid coming down and destroying all life on Earth. So you say he had to like they was couldn't sleep, that it was, you know, had to talk to him and everything. So you do have to be careful kind of what what kids take in, especially yeah. when it comes to the news and, and, and other information, right? That can be overwhelming. Yeah, like me and Mrs. Nook, man, we'd like to watch the nature specials, right? The nature documentaries, you know. Yeah. So I'm going to let you in on a little tip. All if right. You ever, if you, okay, here we go. 
if you have a nature documentary and Morgan Freeman, James Earl Jones, um, or Sir Every Richard hand. Attenborough, if they yeah. not if they not um, um, if they not narrating your documentary, your it documentary ain't, ain't shit. Like you know, you can cut corners on that little footage <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But if you ain't got yeah, the right narrator, because Morgan, Morgan Freeman did the um, penguin one. It was just a it was documentary penguins. on penguins. And he's like, they ain't nothing but like white ice and like little little animals wilding around. But Morgan Freeman made. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the man, the man penguin sits and um holds the egg so the egg don't crack and they have yeah. to be still and stuff. And then the other penguins come around in a circle and they generate heat, body heat for each other to keep the eggs. Um, and then it's like, what is it like? One in five penguins survive or something like oh, that. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. yeah. So it's hard yeah, out here for a penguin. Shit, <laughs> getting rougher every day. But yeah, if you ain't got Morgan Freeman, James Earl Jones, or Sir Richard Attenborough, and Google him if you don't know who it is, you know his voice. You just might not know his name. But if you ain't got the three of them on your documentary, then your, your documentary, documentary ain't popping. It exactly. ain't popping. Exactly, man. Um, these new programs is coming out uh, for the fall, man. What you been watching on TV? What's good? You know, I've been um, you know, I've been watching lately is um all right, so you know uh 50 Cent kind of did the power kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he did all the episodes of power and it really took off. And so he they got hit and say, like, look, we're gonna create the power universe. Oh damn. So they, like like the Marvel universe, right? So we're gonna do we're gonna do a whole line of stories about this and call it the power universe. So yeah. they did, you know, from Power, I think they took his um, son, Tariq, and did a spinoff, a story like that. But then there was a character on the show called Kanan, right? Who, um, who, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give away any spoilers so folks, I won't mess it up. But they did a spinoff on Kanan. Okay. And it, and it took a, a, a throwback to say, like, okay, you saw Kanan's story. You, you know, you saw how it went. But we're going to take it back to the 90s when he was a young black male growing up in New York. So it's set in the 90s and it shows how he he goes from being just a regular kid to what you see on the show. Oh, wow. And uh, and I've just been captivated by it because one, it's the 90s. So you like looking back, it's like, yeah, I remember I used to wear that. And you remember (laughs) this? You remember that? So I've been watching. um, It's called the um, Raising Canaan. Okay. Okay. Yep. Raising so, can I heard I heard of that. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to um check that out. Now the thing I've been watching, you know, me and you as wrestling fans from when we was growing up and kids back in the day, there's a show on stars called Heels and a heel. Yeah, heel. Oh, I heard of this joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a heel is a wrestling term for a bad guy, and face or cave face is the word for or name for a good guy in wrestling, but it's called heels. And it's sort of like yeah. a, a second generation uh, family of wrestlers in a small town in Georgia. And they actually own their own um, wrestling venue and stuff. And it's all about the politics of wrestling. Um, James Harrison, who played def- defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers and won a Super Bowl, he actually plays a wrestler um, in heels. And um, you should check it out. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty yeah, good, man. I, I, I like it a lot. I, I'm going to check it out now that you mentioned it because I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm going to go check. Yeah, I've been meaning to go back to it and I haven't, but I'll make sure I do that. Because, like, yeah. you know, the heel was the thing that you loved in wrestling. Right? Yeah. Like the bad guy. Like, they had the best roles. Exactly. Exactly. Like, for example, right, the Iron Sheik, yes, born in Iran, but he came here, became a naturalized citizen, and then um, he was one of the best bad guys. Like this whole wrestling thing couldn't have popped off if it wasn't for the Iron Sheik because the Iron Sheik, you know, agreed to lay down for Hulk Hogan and let him become, yep. you know, yep. the champion, champion in WrestleMania. Yeah. And yep. like the Iron Sheik is the daddy of all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then uh, I used to like the uh, Iron Sheik when he was the um, tag team partner with Nikolai Volkov. Rest in peace, Nikolai Volkov. USA, number one, Russia, <laughs> number one, USA, I do it. No, he said, Iran, number one. Russia, number one. <laughs> USA, hot. Uh, you know, like he, he, he was the perfect heel. He was one of the best bad guys of all yes. time, bro. Of all time. Gotta so, have yeah. talent to do that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He won uh, a gold medal uh, in the Olympics. I think it was in Montreal in 1960. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Real like Greco-Roman wrestling wow. gold medal, man. So, yeah. And he was uh, I believe he was a bodyguard for the Shah of Iran at one time. He has a very interesting story, bro. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's amazing backstory. Shout out to the Iron Sheik, man. Absolutely. All right, man, we're going to wrap it up, man. Give me one shout out, one prediction, one final thought, or give me uh, flowers for somebody. You know, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to give you a, a, a thought here. And this is, uh, this is kind of comes from um, wh- where we are kind of going into um, the fall. And I heard this and I wanted to be true, but my, my mind and body is resisting it. So they're saying that if that the Delta variant may not be as bad overall for the country as we've been thinking it's going to be like, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad, but right. not as dire as we've been thinking it's going to be. Now they did say in some areas it could get really bad and it right. probably will get really bad, but overall it may not be as bad. And yeah. I, I, that was the first like ray of sunshine I've heard just about going into the fall and to the winter, but there's something in me that's just like, I don't believe that. And maybe it's because I know it affects people of color so differently. Yeah. And yeah. so, so that's, I, you know, I, I want to hold out hope that it's going to be better in the fall and the winter. It's not going to be as, as bad, but part of me knows it's going to be bad for, for some people, which is probably going to be us, more people that look like us. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that we do. So I've been thinking about that lately and just kind of what that means for the country as we start looking at other stuff. Like, are we going to forget about the toll the pandemic has taken uh, on people of color? So that's 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 my thought that I'm leaving us with uh, today. Gotcha. Now, I got a news flash to your final thought. We got some okay. science on this. All right. All right. I read and heard a report. We're taping this podcast on September 22nd, first day of fall, that for the last eight days nationwide, that the number of hospitalizations and deaths for the coronavirus have dropped for eight consecutive days. Look, we need any ray of hope that we need at this point. Eight consecutive days, which is the longest streak of um, hospitalization and death dips, if you will, that we've had in three months. So... I so hope that, that's, that's wonderful. Hopefully that's it's part of a trend. Yes. But, you know, the, the, the shocking part is like those numbers are still over a hundred thousand people a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that's yeah. the, that's the sobering part of it. New infections. Yeah. 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 Crazy, man. Now, listen, I want to give flowers, man, to um, Anthony Johnson, AJ Johnson. Um, we found out that he passed away. Now, you know him, he played Ezel Ezel yeah. on Friday. Yeah, comedian, yeah. actor, man. Yeah, uh, found out about his. And he was in the Players Club. Players, the Players Club. Club. Baps. Yes, Baps sure was. Yeah. House Party. I think yeah. it was House Party Three. He yep. played somebody named Butcher, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, news of his passing uh, came out this week. Um, I believe a family member found him dead months ago. Um, that's just mm. a real funny thing that uh, happens wow. um, during this uh, time where uh, you remember the rapper MF Doom. On New Year's Eve, they said that he had passed away, but um, they announced he had passed away, but he had passed away earlier in the year, man. But wow. yeah, A.J. Johnson, man, family member found him uh, dead. No cause of death uh, given at this point, man, but mm-hmm. they made that uh, public. And a uh, funny, funny dude, man. So yeah. 55. Yeah. Um, wow, young, young. Yeah, man. So great comedic talent. Was was he ever on um, Deaf Comedy Jam? I think he was. He had to be, man. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. him not hitting the stage because he he would cut up, man. Yeah. Like, literally, he would cut up. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So funny, dude. So I'm going to try and catch those uh, movies. And um, look, right, he was famous in, um, Friday for falling out in the uh, grocery store. My neck, my back, <laughs> yeah. my neck oh, and my back. back. Oh. <laughs> we sell it. Oh. I want suing for $150,000. We can sell it right here for 20 bucks. So, yeah. In fact, in that scene, uh, F. Gary Gray, the director of Friday and so many other uh, great movies, including I think he's was Gary F. Gary Gray, one of the directors for the Fast and Furious films as well. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. I gotta like I check that out. 
I believe he was, but yeah, he was in that scene when they were looking over the counter at um, AJ Johnson, Ezel Ezel on the floor laid out. And um, oh, yeah, really, <laughs> he did a cameo in his own film. Oh, I gotta go go look back at it now. Exactly. Look, now. If we get a digital gumbo movie, I'll direct it. But you know, I'm gonna have a cameo. I'm like, man, I put everybody in, and I know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to show up. We'd be like Stanley. <laughs> oh, pop up in all of them. I'll be like the number man. But I got, okay, 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven. <laughs> you got that money on that? You know, so then they be trying to chase me down because I'll be trying not to pay them, but I'm not trying to get shot up in these streets. So that, Bro, wait, wait. Why you why you playing that? I got them Powerball tickets. Man, I got to my tickets. I'm counting on you, man. Tonight's the night like that. It was, it was $490 million. That's half a billy, man. Look, I ain't even greedy, man. It's like if I can get like two million, one for me and one for Mrs. Nook, cash money, and man, we could all man, that's all I need. I, I'm good. I'm good. And then you know, we could do like the podcast remote from Hawaii or some shit like that. But you know, it, it was funny because I was riding with my with my with my mom's. And um, and I went into the liquor store. I said, like, all right, stay, stay in the car right here. And I'm going to run in. And I ran into the liquor store. And she was like, you ain't getting no lottery tickets? I said, like, oh, oh. She ain't got lottery tickets? Like, yeah, it's right there on the side. I had to go back in there, Nook. You know you did. <laughs> I had to go back in there. <laughs> you know you did. And man, look, somebody won one ticket, $432 million, New York City at a pizzeria. They had a what? little... uh machine there. Now, this is some jive-ass shit. The pizzeria sold a $432 million ticket. Ask me how much money the pizzeria gets for selling the ticket. Yeah, how much? $10,000. What? They only get $10,000? That's cheap as hell. They need to change that to a 1%. I bet you- That need to be at least a milli, at least bare floor minimum. Give a a 1%, man. That's that's crazy, man. 1% is 4.32 million. Boy, the people sell more- uh, Sell more tickets this time, you know? Like, they would sell more, and the lottery could make a little bit more money, man. But yeah, one person, uh, New York City Pizzeria, right near Rockefeller Center, man. $432 million, one ticket. So they haven't said if it's one person or a group of people or whatever, but uh, hats off to them. Congratulations. Get you a good uh, lawyer and get you about two or three accountants that don't like each other because that's the people that need to forensically <laughs> scrub your numbers and don't. Hey, what's, what's, didn't you, like we did a story on somebody who won the lottery, but didn't they show up in the Darth Vader mask? <laughs> showed up in the, I think it was like in Jamaica, it was like a super lotto, like they won $1 million. They, they was like, mm-mm. I, we don't know if it was a man. We don't know if it was a woman. They just showed up in the Darth Vader costume. And I guess by Jamaican law, you have to take the picture with the check and the lottery people to show that they, you know, this is a legitimate person. Yeah. And it was like, I don't give a damn, so. They'll never know who I am. I, 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 I'm sending my lawyer. I'm not. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I got too many people that might ask for some money. And then, you know, if you win, bro, and you need people to, um, you know, for some for somebody to tell them, no, I, I'll do it. I, I'll change my name from Nookie Bishop Jr. to no Bishop Jr. Like, <laughs> you ask for somebody, be like, no, I'm sorry. No. Thank you. What's It'll my name again? Conversation. No. No, no, yet I'll find out. I'll learn how to say it in a hundred languages. Like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yet, no. Just get some paddles, get some paddles, you know, like some, um, some of them little racquetball, uh, table tennis, uh, paddles. Yeah, with the little sign on it. No, exactly. Like, they'll sell me a red and a green one, but we just gonna break and burn the green one, and it's just gonna be the river. Like, no, so I don't have to waste my voice telling people no. Man, well, listen, after party number 18 is in the books, man, I uh, appreciate yeah. you rolling with me. Appreciate everybody rolling with us. Man, people's listening to us in their homes or listen to us on the smart speakers, listen to us in their car, man, while they're working out the whole nine yards. So we appreciate y'all rolling with us. Remember, the Digital Gumbo Podcast is available on all platforms, including Amazon Music. Uh, we have, we are on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally, if there's a podcast platform, we're on that. So all episodes are available, 60 of them from you to choose from. Getting a lot of emails and feedback from people saying that they're going ahead and listening to past episodes, catching up with us, and they say that the shit is funny as hell. So we appreciate it. We aim to please. Sometimes it's serious. 
Yes, thank you. Sometimes it's serious, mostly funny, but again, it's the podcast. It's at the intersection of news, current event, politics, race, and culture. And the intersection is located right next to the liquor store. Man, you know who we got to thank, bro? Who's that, bro? We got to thank producer E, man. Thank you, bro, for hooking us up, making it sound good. Appreciate you, Uh, producer E. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. So, man, look, we'll uh, regroup, see what the world gives us. We'll come back and... You know, um, shit, we a trusted news source. I'm not uh, Lester Holt, <laughs> but I'm Nookie Bishop Jr. And that's Adris Elbow. And this is the Digital Gumbo Podcast. Till next time, peace. You, we peace. good, bro? I'm good, bro. Good. All right, y'all. Peace. Catch you later. Later.